When the shooting started, he was way too cool. And I'm gonna tell you something, when people start shooting, white people ain't that cool. They either running around, hiding behind tables, or screaming like, ah! You sound like that all the time. Let me tell you something about black people. When stuff goes down, we keep our cool. Maybe, but not like Asians. We never panic. Yeah, right. When Godzilla's coming, y'all be tripping. I seen the movie. You be Gayaka, Gayaka! Cutter. Yelling everywhere. Just I seen Chinaman. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Godzilla King of the Monsters spoiler cast. If you have not seen the film, stop right now. Uh, we're about to talk about a lot of spoilers. However, uh, bookmark it, come back, uh, listen to it later on. We'd appreciate that. I'm one of your co-hosts, Josiah Leroy. And with me, as always, fellow co-host, Jeff Pavlock. What's up, Jeff? Not much, dude. So we just uh, we just saw the movie. Uh, one of Jeff's favorite IPs ever. Yes, ever. So Godzilla or James Bond? Oh, Godzilla, easy. That's not even a question. I had another one that I was thinking about for this. That'll hit me later on. Movie or just in general? Uh, probably movie. I mean, Lord of the Rings is very high in my book. And then if you yeah, talk, it was Lord of the Rings. If you're talking yeah. in general, then Nintendo. Because <laughs> Nintendo doesn't just have Zelda, which I mean, Zelda alone probably ranks top one or two for my list but nintendo then also encompasses mario and metroid and fire Emblem. and i'm a nintendo fanboy we know this by it's now fine, dude. it's that's, fine it's fine it's fine we know this this is a, this is old news if you listen to geeks that got game uh, which is our all video game podcast you know exactly where we stand on all our gaming systems so uh first reactions to the movie that was a wild finish i i can tell you that much that um that was about as crazy and as raucous as a Godzilla final battle has ever been. So that's what's sticking with me right now. Yeah, it was heavy. That was that was nuts. It was. And uh geez, it's funny. We always joke that um, you know, this the modern superhero movies kind of destroy New York City and, and this and that. And here we are, you know, Boston laid to waste. Uh, we see Capitol Hill, uh, mm-hmm. San Francisco, the last one. It's it's just unbelievable. And the uh, the Yankees fan in me does not weep for Boston whatsoever. Oh, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Screw that. Uh, definitely not a good time to be a Red Sox fan, uh, if you will. So uh, I, I did not see uh, 2014 Godzilla. I did see Kong Skull Island. Yes, you did. Um I enjoyed this uh, definitely. I thought it also had a, a nice, just as Kong did, a, a very nice cast. I think Kong's was a little more preferable to me. Definitely bigger names overall. Yes. In uh, in Kong Skull Island, if we're comparing, but um, uh, a fair amount of or a good balance between action and, and setting up the story here. Um, where, you, as you said, the Godzilla 2014 was um, a little bit slower moving, maybe. Yep, it was definitely more of an exercise in suspense building, um, just awe-inspiring shots, more so about the effects that the monsters had on humans and civilization, um, whereas this was definitely um, more of just a chaotic, let's let's get the camera right on the monsters and show them beating the crap out of each other. Sure. I... um. I I really like Godzilla. I gotta say, not even just the character here, but like the design. Uh, I think 
looks awesome. Yeah, he's had a, just tons of different um, designs and suits over the years between all the you know the Japanese movies, between appearances in comics um, and whatnot, cartoons. But I really like the legendary design of him that we've seen in these MonsterVerse movies. He's he's just thick. He looks like a mountain of muscle. Yeah, and there's a a, a bit of a swagger and personality uh, that comes across. There definitely is, um, and I'm glad you were able to recognize that because oh yeah, so often in giant monster movies, uh, the perception is that you know there's really no characters because the human characters are also mean are often kind of insignificant. Um, for me though, and for like a lot of other giant monster fans, we've always felt like the monsters themselves can be the characters that they can show personality and have different um, you know themes and backgrounds to them. And I think this one captured that as well. I think all of the giant monsters on display here had their own kind of uh, personas to them that they showed emotions in different ways. I uh, I feel like well, I mean, first of all, that that's a great point. Um, you know, all of the the different monsters that we saw, even if we didn't see necessarily all of them for uh, a good chunk of time, had enough of a personality. Um, there, I love the, um, you know, it was clearly and obviously stated by the human characters a lot, the reverence for Godzilla. But at the same time, um, you s- it, he exuded that. And uh, also, obviously, with that that ending where all the monsters kind of come around and, and bow to him, like that, right. that was that was freaking cool because he never seemed like um, he never seemed too haughty, if you will. He never seemed like you're gonna bow to me. It was more like, hey, I'm gonna lead you, right. which is kind of amazing that they brought through in a a CG character, especially to the scale of <laughs> one Godzilla. So well, it's neat what they've done with these monsterverse um, movies between Kong and now the two Godzillas. Um, you know, and the, like the the Japanese films, they largely always had you know guys in rubber suits. That's what they used for decades up until the most recent Japanese movie, Shin Godzilla, which was the first one to use a CGI creation. Um, but like Shin Godzilla, these monsterverse movies, they kind of have the spiritual successor to guys in rubber suits in that they have actors who motion capture for them, and then they apply the CGI effects to those gestures and how they physically act. So you still have that human element there that's, that creates the monster's movements, their gestures, their expressions. It's not just simply created with you know, the click of a mouse and um, you know, some keyboard taps. There are actual people uh, recreating those movements there. I didn't know that. That's super important. And that kind of, um, you know, that I reflect on the movie a little bit more now even, um, it makes sense. Because yeah. the, the movement is so often in, in movies these days when there's... CG that's not done poor or do there's bad CG there's good CG there's somewhere in between even in good CG characters you can tell typically just by the movement they may look fantastic standing still but as soon as they start moving there's an issue there here I didn't feel like it felt real to me as as absurd as that sounds right interestingly enough they actually had three different actors portray Ghidorah <laughs> so like I mean how appropriate is that especially when you saw that like the three different heads kind of had their own personalities and kind of you know had minds of their own sometimes clashing with each other you mean smog times three huh <laughs> it was funny oh, I just smog ain't got nothing on Ghidorah no sorry no. buddy oh and those freaking those little uh those little lizards from Game of Thrones 
Sorry, yeah. <laughs> you guys got nothing on Ghidorah and Godzilla. You're a lizards. You're a snack to them. You oh. three little we. You three little pipsqueaks. Yeah, pretty much. Not to mention uh, the the one guy from Game of Thrones. Yes, uh, Charles Dance was in here. Yes, yes, man. You just hate his character the second you see him. Just a jerk, you know. Um, tracking in terms of box office. If we're looking at uh, the Hollywood Reporter, they posted this earlier. Um, summer box office is now in full swing, and oh my gosh, like I'm already struggling to keep up. Join the uh, club. <laughs> so uh, tonight, you know, I I did not see Rocket Man, which I'm very excited for because I'm here to support my best friend. You're his, re- yeah, his, you're a really good friend I, to be I, skipping that for me. I think this is uh, a side of a true blue friend, if you will. I can never doubt uh, you ever again. No, no, I I put off a work function as well uh, to get this. So hopefully, work people, you're not listening. Anyway, uh, we'll skip over that part, but. <laughs> um that's there's i'm also behind on i didn't see detective pikachu i would really love to go see that um there were a few previews tonight for movies i had not uh previously really known about uh dave bautista is in two movies this summer that i want to see just because i think dave bautista is hilarious he is 100 just i would see a movie because of him um uh, what else Next next weekend is I think Dark Phoenix. It is next weekend. That's correct. <laughs> and then yeah. two weeks after that is Toy Story. Yep. And then we're eventually oh, going to get into July. Two weeks after that is Spider Man. And yes, then Spider-Man. for home viewers, we're talking Stranger Things season three. By the way, I just uh, just saw Stranger Things finally for the first time. There was never a doubt that I I had an interest in it. I I struggle with binging current shows. It's always been a struggle of mine. Even show like Gotham was one of my favorite shows, and I was way behind on that for a while. Star Wars Rebels. I d- only recently watched the the final season. So think about that, Star Wars people. My obsession, my my Godzilla. So it's a uh, lot. Easy, it's a lot easier to uh, watch a two hour movie than an entire series or an entire season. Or watch the twenty three, or actually at the time twenty one MCU movies. Sure. I've which I've done on numerous occasions hmm. all the way through. However, uh, Stranger Things, man, I got to tell you, only watched season one so far. I'm going to dive into two very shortly. I'm a huge fan. We talked about this briefly before our podcast at David Adams the other day. I can't believe how well-written that show is, and I can't believe how endearing and wonderful the characters are. Like, I knew I would like it. I didn't know I would love it. Right. Uh, Which is probably a segue into something we'll talk about shortly. However, back to... uh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a connection. Um with regards to the box office, we're looking at a uh, bow in the fifty to fifty-five million dollar range. Uh, that is domestically, I believe, only. Yes. Because you mentioned a much higher number. Worldwide, um, deadline is reporting that it's looking at two hundred thirty to two hundred thirty-five million. Which I, I'm not at all surprised by. I think this is also going to be huge in like China, for example. Oh yeah, I would say China's so. China's going to have a gigantic opening. Obviously, Japan will have more than Japan normally does for Hollywood movies. Um, Brazil, the UK will probably do very well for it. Um, but China is going to be a major, major grocer for that inter- for that um, worldwide total. I mean, China was huge for Kong, for example. Kong actually made more in China than it did in America. Yeah, and. Um in comparison to, we're just speaking domestically here, uh, 2014 Godzilla and uh, uh, Kong, uh, Godzilla was $93.2 million, which is really kind of awesome. Uh, Kong was $61 million. So this one is tracking just a touch behind. However, it does have competition from 
uh, Rocket Man. Not necessarily that the same audiences uh, would see it. Rocket Man's more for the casual audience, I would say. But nevertheless, it is something that maybe takes away tickets. I also foresee this having better legs than uh, the 2014 Godzilla, though. Um, as we talked about, the original, the 2014 Godzilla was less action packed, and once that word of mouth starting get uh, started to get out, um, casual or you know non Godzilla fans weren't as interested then. Yeah, I think once word of mouth gets out that this is just a you know giant monster Royal Rumble, um, and that audiences are responding fairly well to it, it'll have better legs than the original uh, Monster vs Godzilla. So I'm looking. Uh, we're just kind of. Going through uh, some of the stuff on Google here, one of the review headlines is from the Los Angeles Times. Uh, Their headline says, Godzilla King of the Monsters has too much human drama, too little kaiju action. Thoughts on that? I I would say that there was more human... more human prominence, what have you, more of a spotlight on the humans than I expected because I, I, I knew that they were going to make this a more action-packed, more monster-centric film. I, I disagree that it's... Uh, that it, there's too... I, I, like, I definitely feel like they focused sufficiently on the monsters in this. The drama felt... I th- maybe what is coming across there is that whatever time spent on the humans wasn't that compelling. And I would agree with that, mm-hmm. but I don't feel like the monsters got short changed here at all. Um, yeah. I, so I'll, I'll say I would have liked a little more action if I'm being very critical, mm-hmm. but like very critical overall. I, I was fine with the balance. Right. And for a two hour, what? 10 minute movie. It's yeah. It's a little over two hours. You know, not bad. Um, uh, flowed nicely better than I thought it would not knowing much from an outside perspective you know obviously you've been a fan of this for a long time but me being relatively new um to the the franchise uh the character if you will that you know i had a different set of expectations i guess um uh, who's our main character that i really really didn't like vera that would be vera for me yes 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 what is vera's name in the movie um president jerkface emma russell uh so she um I I did not like her character at all. And I, I have felt to agree with nothing. That I am extremely upset to say that because I love Vera Farmiga as an actor. She is fantastic. I she I mean she's um she owns the Conjuring movies. She's um she's known as a scream queen because she's been fantastic in horror films. So I thought this would have been a no brainer for her. Um, however, I also did not like her character whatsoever. No, uh, there's, uh, I think in most cases, a good villain, and uh, you know, I don't even know if you say she's a villain, but um, let's say, you know, for the sake of the argument, a good villain you can get behind in some way, shape, or form, no matter how deranged they might be. Yes. So, an obvious one that comes to mind with me, Thanos. He's got really, you know, it, it's it's wrong. There's no doubt about it. It's wrong what he's doing. Like he's killing half the universe. That's the trillions. However, he's not just doing it to be a giant jerk. He believes what he's doing is right. So okay, there's a little bit there. And then second of all, he's got a compelling reason for doing it, which I think you know kind of you get behind. I I think the problem and the all you know the. The ultimate reason why Vera Farmiga's character just falls so flat is because the story tries to paint her as both conflicted and sympathetic, 
but her actions are just so unbelievably stupid and asinine that you can't be sympathetic to her. Right. Like, why, why in the world does this world-class scientist think that it was a good idea to begin releasing the monsters and potentially a little bit of a clash with the lore of the story? How would she not have... If she was always with Monarch, how would she not have known that Ghidorah was an alien species? How would she right. not have known that he was not native to the earth? I thought that as well. So she just comes across as absolutely addle-brained in this. And then once the once her character kind of turns and she begins to kind of have a redemption arc, I, I'm not rooting for her. Like no. I'm not upset. I, I, I have no emotional investment in whether she lives or dies at that point, which I think is, like again, very unfortunate because I love Vera Farmiga and there was such potential with this character. I think if they had made her the sole villain, you completely remove Charles Dance's character and you just have her kind of be this over ambitious just completely unreasonable not willing to listen to any sensible argument kind of character uh, that would have been a lot more compelling than what they were trying to do with her which was try to make her sympathetic and it just didn't work i think that did make it harder to find sympathy for her having charles dance just his presence at all sure because he's supposed to be a like a little bit of a puppet master kind of thing um and it, it just did not work out yeah it didn't um so even her dying at the end, like it was supposed to be this big emotional moment and it fell flat. Nah, yeah. Uh, didn't care. And it was almost like, yeah, good. See ya. Okay, you suck. And then, <laughs> and it sounds horrible. And then uh, her daughter, Madison, like I, I said in the car on the way home, like she literally like kind of smiled two minutes after seeing the explosion. Right. You know, and and seeing her mom essentially pass away, you know, we assume. I oh no, she's dead. <laughs> like I, she's, she's got to be dead, right? Nobody in Boston survived Godzilla's explosions there. <laughs> so that's hey, little did we know that's the start of Fallout Four, right? Ah. <laughs> it all connects now. I mean, at least I I would say Millie Bobby Brown's character, um, <sighs> Emma's daughter Madison, was a lot more likable. You know, she's spunky. She's she is, you know, the very unfortunate real life representation of a child who's caught between two feuding parents. Dude. So you, I feel like unfortunately a lot of people can relate to that. And that's even, what are you looking up? So here, here's where I take over on, on the podcast. Oh, okay. uh, um, I'm a huge, huge Millie Bobby Brown fan in yeah. a short amount of time here. Obviously just having okay. gotten to stranger things. She, 11 is, easily you know i'm not gonna say easily despite an incredible cast where there's any number of characters that i could kind of pick to to be my my favorite character uh-huh. Eleven is my favorite character okay um i think she is millie is an incredible actress um short short time frame of work obviously just being that she just turned 15 but man does she have a bright future ahead of her okay Oh I thought gosh. you were all prefac- prefacing this by saying, like, I hated her character in this movie, too. So I was getting a little oh, nervous no, there no, for a no, second. no, 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 Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with that. She has I'm a wonderful a future ahead fan, of her. And it's not just because the entire time I, I'm watching her, I think that she looks like a young Carrie Fisher. Seriously. Oh, the resemblance is uncanny. It's unbelievable, folks. Like, we've got Sebastian Stan looking like a, a young Mark Hamill. And yes. then we've got this. Like, it blows Sebastian out of the water. But... uh. 
Millie Bobby Brown, I want to see in a Star Wars movie at some point, even if she's not portraying a, a young Princess Leia, which I don't know if I want that. But I want her in a Star Wars movie somewhere. I would love to see her in in the MCU at some point as well. Um, I'm such a fan. I I can't uh, I can't overstate how much uh, I respect it. Just her in general. But uh, tonight, anytime she was on screen, right? One of my you know, Godzilla, any uh, the the monster clashes, notwithstanding, she was my favorite part. The human cast as a whole was pretty weak in this, but I feel like her and Kyle Chandler's character, her father, um, were some of the bright spots. Although I also always have enjoyed Ken Watanabe in these movies, and I for like for example, I thought his sacrifice, his death was way way more emo- exact, way way uh, harder to watch than Emma Russell going down. Oh, yeah. I, especially because it's you know this is just fanboyish to the max, but I feel like a lot of Godzilla fans would empathize with him with his reverence for Godzilla. Oh, like, totally. Like he would be He's a like, fan. Yes. He would be like us if we were in that movie. He loves and respects Godzilla and sure. really all of the monsters. He has deep respect for them as creatures. Um so I think his you know, his just reverence for them, you know, it's so relatable as a giant monster fan. That was easily the I think the the emotional moments uh, or the the high point in terms of uh how much I was engaged. Uh he you know, when he it, decides he's going to make that sacrifice even then you know it was going to be tough and i'm happy that they followed through with it in in being a really uh, meaningful moment and it's a nice it's a real little touch but i like that his final words to godzilla are in japanese it's just uh, i did like that as these well. movies despite being made by american studios despite being primarily set outside of japan they they still have little moments and little nods back to you know godzilla's roots which sure. is in in japan and uh yeah, I I thought his words were were really strong there. Uh, you said goodbye, old friend. Yes. Yeah. Because he in these movies he's been following Godzilla for the longest time. He's been with Monarch. He's been working with Monarch his whole life, and he's been following Godzilla, studying him and the other monsters, the Titans as they're now referred to. Yeah, they uh, they nailed it there. That was that was wonderful. Um, kind of touching Godzilla there too. It, it yeah it was also a, a nice little. Uh, not I, I thought there was which may sound odd but has very rarely happened in the 34 i'm spitballing i believe 35 if, and i only right. i think i just saw that yeah right here. of the you know, like the canon or you know toho made godzilla films godzilla and humans have very rarely made physical contact with each other uh kyle chandler yes his character um did you find you were rooting for him yes. uh i i I sympathize with him far, far more than uh, Emma Russell, for example. Oh, easily. Yeah. I, I, I felt terrible. for, And it's interesting because that very first scene with um, Emma and Madison Russell, sh- Emma plays it off like um, Kyle Chandler's character is the, you know, the irrational one between the two parents. Right. As right. we eventually come to find out, Emma's the one who has her priorities way out of line. Oh, and yeah. it's actually Kyle Chandler's character who is a much, much more rational, much more level-headed parent. I felt, um, speaking of kind of, I guess, uh, almost Emma's rationale for mm-hmm. doing what she did, I felt it was a little bit predictable, and when it when she actually explained mid movie essentially why she was doing what she was doing, I basically rolled my eyes. I was oh like, yeah, 
That's such a cop out <laughs> in a movie these days. Yeah. The no. earth is eating itself alive. We understand, yes, global warming. I understand all of it. But be a little more creative than that. Come on. Um, and it, it's just, at that point, it's just like, it was so in tune with her character. Like, this character is a joke. <laughs> like, there are other ways to try and save the earth than letting all these crazy, huge-ass monsters roam free. Like, oh my gosh. Not good. Not good at all. At least made for a wild finale. So it did make for a wild finale. <laughs> I'll give you that. And it's just, you know, watching these movies my whole life, it's so cool to finally see like Mothra and Rodan made with big budget special effects. Ghidorah 2, for example. Oh yeah. Um, because there have you know that deplorable nineteen ninety eight Godzilla movie <laughs> that was just abominable. But you could have um, bought it on our uh, our I could have and I would never waste my money <laughs> on that. And then we had the two thousand fourteen Godzilla, we had Shin Godzilla. So we've seen Godzilla made with cutting edge special effects before. Not so for Ghidorah, Mothra, Rodan, these other iconic characters who are very much Godzilla's cohorts like these are Godzilla's Captain America Iron Man Hulk like or uh, you know his Doctor Doom his Thanos that's what they are in the Godzilla universe they're iconic characters alongside the 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 mainstay in Godzilla yeah I I, I thought the, the visual effects were phenomenal um, there were I don't remember I don't recall any moments where I was like yeah no that's, that's <laughs> not very good. Also, I noticed um, I don't know if this is how Godzilla 2014 was, but um, the film at times, especially when monsters were on screen, had a uh, on purpose almost grainy effect. Yeah, I don't know if that is a mixture of it looks better to blend the the digital effects of the the characters. Or also, in some odd way, maybe a little bit of a nod to how long Godzilla has been around as a, a movie franchise. Sure. Which I thought um, was interesting, but it looked really good. Um, and that's not an easy task to undertake, especially with an impressive roster of monsters that they had. Yeah. Um, you were disappointed uh, by the ending for Mothra? Oh, yeah. Well, because... Mothra is basically the Kenny of the <laughs> Kenny from South Park of the of the Godzilla universe. Mothra always dies. The the adult Mothra always freaking dies. That's <laughs> um, not right. Whether it's you know she just gets killed naturally in battle, whether she sacrifices herself to protect Godzilla or another monster, she always dies. Like even in the, some of the comic series too. So I was really really hoping that she would survive this one and show up, you know, for Godzilla versus Kong next year. Granted, the credit sticks did uh, hint that there might be another Mothra egg out there, but still, just it's just so expected and so depressing to once again see Mothra die. It's like, oh come on! And I did, and I like this version a lot. There is, a, I think, perhaps of all the monsters here, they really, really nailed the balance between beauty and ferocity with her. They did. You know, she's gorgeous at times, but she's also fearsome, far more fearsome than just about any other Mothra incarnation throughout the years. Um, like her, her arms are a lot are like more spear-like, where you know she can slash with them. Um, she's got that thorax stinger, which we've never seen out of her before. Oh, what yeah. she uses to ultimately incapacitate and beat Rodan in the fight. She's never had that before. She was, so she's got these like natural weapons that are fearsome and you know b- brutal, violent in a way. Like I never thought I would describe Mothra's fighting style as violent, but we got that here. So I, I like that duality of her design. 
she had a a, a uh, rather uh, majestic look, especially when uh, she was glowing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I'll say they, yeah, if, you know, just judging on everything you're saying there, uh, they did a good job with that too. Um, so Dr. Chen, Zhang Zhi, I believe that's how you say her last name, yes. Um, anyway, she... Uh, no, I, I look at her and I'm like, Rush Hour 2, yes. Right, especially uh, you and I, huge course. Rush Hour fans, of we know her. Of course. She uh she's forty years old. Not that forty is young, by the right. way. I'm just she looks twenty. It's it's uncanny. Yeah, that too. yeah, no, she looks very good for her age, and we've been watching her for so many years. Isn't that mind blowing? So right. let's see. I mean like, two thousand one was Rush Hour two. Yeah. That's she, I mean, she was very young when so she was she, making her first, you know, Hollywood movies because she was man, also. That's crazy. Like, so she was like 20. Right. Uh, and, you know, then she was also in House of Flying Daggers, Memoirs of a Geisha, um, really, really prominent movies um, internationally. Oh, so yeah. She, it, it's, she's, it's amazing how long she's been around for now. And you don't think of it because you don't think of her as being 40 years old. Yeah, she's she is timeless. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, always uh, always excited to see anyone that I <laughs> recognize, uh, particularly from a Rush Hour movie. Uh, so always that much better. Just like uh, Kenji was uh, uh, mowed yeah. down in uh, <laughs> Avengers Endgame. Sorry if that's a spoiler for you. It's really not. No, but it's, it's uh, not. <laughs> it was a nice little cameo. You know, um, we enjoyed that uh, post credit scene. Did it resonate with you? Does it matter? Where are we going? It was not what I was expecting at all. And I don't necessarily mean that as a negative. I just mean that literally as it was not what I anticipated. I anticipated one of two things. One, the most obvious was that there was going to be some allusion to Kong on Skull Island. I, mean, I was the, hoping for the that. The freaking movie comes out next year in March, Godzilla versus Kong. We all know that's what this is building toward. I can't believe that all we saw out of Kong was some very brief video clips of him on monitors. I'm surprised too. It's very so that one really surprised me. I was thinking they were going to show you know a more grown up, bigger, stronger Kong because yeah. he was young in Kong Skull Island. They uh, said right, he's more right. of like a juvenile. He's got some growing to do. And this is now like thirty or forty years in the future since Kong Skull Island. The other thing I thought the post credit scene would have made a reference to was the oxygen destroyer, which was that weapon that the army used to try and kill Godzilla and Ghidorah at the same time. That is the same weapon that was used in the very first Godzilla movie from 1954. It was the weapon that actually killed Godzilla then after the military failed. It basically displaced all oxygen in the water and it literally skeletonized the original Godzilla. So it has some relevance to the franchise and the mythology, especially because, and then in 1995, one of the Godzilla movies was based around the fact that another monster was born of the oxygen destroyer and it's one of the most iconic Godzilla foes of all time, Destroya. So I thought that's what they were going to go for there. They were going to say, oh great, another monster was made because we used this oxygen destroyer to try and kill Godzilla and Ghidorah and it didn't work. Instead, we get Charles Dance's character apparently (laughs) buying the head that Godzilla bit off of Ghidorah. Again, not what I was expecting. Saw that, you know, saw the head and then saw Charles there. And I'm like, this is cheap. Like, come on. We've got to come up with something better than this. So I've, it could go nowhere. It's a post-credit scene. But it's... You wouldn't know what this means. But I, for anyone who knows Godzilla, 
Um, I almost wonder if it means we're going to get Mecha King Ghidorah in Godzilla vs. Kong. Basically, they're going to take the head of Ghidorah there and try and make a uh, cyborg monster out of it. Oh, I would totally imagine so. Based on that. We'll see. But overall, it sounds like a lot of nods to uh, previous Godzilla movies yes. uh, here and there that longtime fans will recognize. Yeah. Beyond the MonsterVerse, too, there's definitely references to movies you know, from the Japanese series and whatnot. So we've got a, a sequel uh, planned, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong, uh, set to be released March 13th, 2020. Crazy. 2020 is a crazy first couple months for me movie-wise because you've got Bond 25, Godzilla vs. Kong, and oh, yeah. Wonder Woman 1984 all within like three months of each other. I am upset that Wonder Woman and Kingsman uh, particularly couldn't find know, a way right? to stay in this year. Oh, that Wonder Woman delay is going to eat away at me for the next year <laughs> You know what? <laughs> until the movie comes out. The only reason I'm fine with it is because it's going to get some space, I think. There's not going to be... Any Star Wars movie, any Marvel movie near it, yeah. let it have its own time. I'm fine with that. Um, although I don't want to wait necessarily. Oh, I know. I'm sick of waiting. Um, I want it right now. I, yeah, I'm gonna watch Wonder Woman again. It's been a it's been a hot minute since I've watched it. My queen. Yeah, she's uh, she's wonderful. Um, let's see here. What else uh, did I want to mention? Uh, it'll circle back around to me here in a okay. minute. Well. What um. Is there anything else you wanted to mention or, or ask or, or talk about before we kind of wrap things up? I <laughs> I really um, like this idea going forward that now like Godzilla is this alpha predator who the other monsters are listening to. I really like that aspect to it, that Ghidorah was the one who was really in control of all the monsters worldwide. And now that he's dead, the monsters are kind of uh, pledging fealty to Godzilla. And that's obviously going to be the premise for Godzilla versus Kong, where it's you know this battle for supremacy, the two uh, the, the two alpha predators, Godzilla and Kong, going at it. And um, as we were walking out of the movie theater tonight, our good friend Seth, his wife Emily, posed the suggestion that Godzilla versus Kong is not just going to be Godzilla and Kong fighting; they're going to have their own respective teams backing them up. So it'll be like Godzilla. It'll be like yeah, like Godzilla and a bunch of monsters who are. Um, you know, in service to him, kind of against Kong and a bunch of monsters who see Kong as king. Hmm. So how about I? Ooh, I love that idea. A bunch of tag team action going on. Yeah, that's an, an intriguing premise. Like you said, yeah, like Civil War, basically <laughs> with the giant monsters. I think that could be really, really cool. So kudos to Emily for coming up with that theory. Yeah, that that would be amazing. Uh, we're uh, you know maybe this has to marinate a bit for you, but uh, between this. Uh, in Godzilla 2014, which which would you prefer if you rank one higher? I do still prefer Godzilla 2014. Why is I that? Wa- um, some of it is nostalgia. That was the first time I ever watched a Godzilla movie in the theater. I was stupidly hyped for that because that was the first time that Godzilla was... The, let me say it like this. That was the first time that the spirit of Godzilla was captured by an American studio because that 1998 movie was just garbage. Um, and there so- was a reference, by the way, not uh, sorry to cut you off, but yeah. before I forget, between the Western and Eastern culture, with how, uh, for example, yes. dragons are looked at, and I really like that. Yep. Because it, it it also it was done in a tasteful way where I felt like it didn't put either Western or Eastern culture down, or no. in a lot of cases where Western culture has taken things, for example, um, um, uh, fortune cookies. Oh yeah, like, yeah. That's not a thing. Yeah. We've always, you know, grown up thinking it was, but it's not. Yes. This was not that. It no. was kind of like this is how you guys look at it and this is how we looked at it. And I thought that was really nice. Yep. 
just um, they they did a good job of bringing that up. But then, you know, going back to the Godzilla 2014, I also just really like the artistry of that movie. I love the buildup. Um, this one, it, I don't say this as necessarily negative. This one was a little more mindless. King of the Monsters is more about the action. It's more kind of had to be though. Yeah, almost. It, it's more about being thrilling than awe-inspiring uh, in a way. Um, so, so I just think that the 2014 one had a little bit more of a message and a little bit more of an interesting theme to it, but I still enjoyed this plenty. I am a Godzilla fan for life. Um, this was not a flawless movie. There were some, there were some sore spots there, but as a whole, I think that they captured the raucous silliness and just the crazy monstrous, uh, thrilling action very well for, uh, the Kaiju. If you rank the three in this monster verse, including Kong, uh, what does that look like? Where does Kong sit? I think Kong is in the middle of them, actually. I think Kong Skull Island is the second best of the three, which you know mm. puts King of the Monsters three of three, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. No, the no, no. still very no. good. It just wasn't as good as Skull Island or Godzilla 2014. I do think I enjoyed uh, Kong a little bit more than this, but uh, a few things, whether it was... Uh, how Godzilla looked and moved uh, the art style for a lot of the cinematography or just my plain ridiculous fandom for uh, 11. Uh, Uh, I'll I'll tell you that. Um, Seriously. It's insane. Like I, man, Millie Bobby Brown is just, she's great. She's going places. Yes, she really is. And Um, she'll be back for Godzilla versus Kong next year. I am a, Big, big fan. So I, I, uh, I look forward to that for a number of reasons, one of which is uh, her appearance there. But uh, I do agree with you, at least on uh, the two that I've seen in this MonsterVerse. Any other uh, closing thoughts here before we, we wrap things up? It's good to have Godzilla back, man. Right, it, was a nice. lo- it was a long five-year wait for me. This uh, this was my first, uh, first in-theater Godzilla experience, so I, I enjoyed that. Uh, it's fun, you know, like... Uh, my dad kind of said the same thing too. We're like, we, we we like going, we like going to movies, but we wanted to go because like Jeff, especially especially gets excited about Godzilla, so yeah. that it makes it all the more fun to see some, you know, see someone we're so close to enjoy something like that so much. And on the flip side, so. I loved that we had so many of our friends with us seeing this tonight who aren't necessarily Godzilla crazy like I am. Yeah. Jeff I, I, basically bought a row, yeah, <laughs> and then tried selling tickets, and he succeeded. He got them all sold. I did. <laughs> Um, but no, I just, I, I love it if any of my friends or family can share in the uh, different yeah. franchises and properties and stories that I've grown up loving. It was like a big support group today. It was yeah, nice. no, it absolutely was. <laughs> this was an early version of my birthday, basically. <laughs> I, I, I am much more honored if you come to see Godzilla with me than if you come out to the bar with me and buy me a beer on my well, birthday. Well, I'll say this. Jeff, you had some strong words for uh, for us if we were... <laughs> Uh, able to go, but didn't go. I believe how shun, put it, I, I believe shun for life was the phrase that I used. So, I mean, that's Lauren, right? Yeah, yes. Like she could have gone. Sorry, so. sweetheart. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good stuff. Uh, so uh, we enjoyed the movie overall, uh, not without its flaws, but again, overall, very, very good. Uh, so uh, here at the Geekiverse, we've got a lot going on. We just wrapped up things at Nickel City Con, uh, our favorite time of year. That goes into E3 in uh, a little less than two weeks in Los Angeles. We've got all the coverage that you could possibly want if you are a video gaming fan uh, right from our war room in Buffalo, New York. Uh, So we're going to go through uh, all of the gaming announcements. We'll have instant reaction videos up as well as our analysis. 
we'll have a special edition Geeks Got Game podcast that week, which is our all-video game podcast. Uh, we'll be recording that Tuesday night of the week of E3, uh, so that would be June 11th, and that will come out on June 12th, uh, which is the next time I think you're going to hear uh, the uh, voices of Pav and I here. So uh, E3 begins really June 9th. There is... Um, EA is doing something the day before. We'll have some coverage on that, but really we're going to hit hard on Sunday, June 9th. Some of our predictions that Jeff and I made, you can go see at thegeekiverse.com. Some of them are already either coming to fruition or being debunked. Mine's kind of hanging in the balance. I predicted we would only get the Avengers title for the Avengers game from Crystal Dynamics, and uh, I think it seems like we're probably going to get a little bit yeah, more than that. it seems like it's going to be the central piece of Sony's presentation. <laughs> the Square Enix. Oh, my God. Yes. I keep doing but that. Square Enix, ironically enough, took over Sony's time spot. This and is I don't bad. even care about Sony not being there now because I'm excited about this. I keep doing that. Hey, <laughs> would you? did you see the Death Stranding? Yes. So it was like six minutes long. Oh, yeah. Uh, what do you think? I still don't really know what to make of that game i, I mean it's obvi- it's way more clear than it was like stupidly creative like kojima's imagination is just unparalleled and i'm always going to give a kojima game a chance but i still don't quite know what to make i don't know if there's going to be enough substance to the gameplay oh uh, yeah i hear you there i'm i, I, I am a little wonder- bit worried about that but yeah. the cinematics look classic right every ps4 exclusive man has just looked bonkers good yeah God of War, Red uh, Detroit Become Zero Human. Dawn, yes, yeah. the uh, Spider Man. Spider-Man. They they all have a like a consistent look all to the them. Uncharted games, despite yeah, having their own yeah. unbelievable generation here for PlayStation Four. I know we're going off on a tangent here, but uh, Death Stranding. I'm just sure dropped. Godzilla fans know exactly what we're talking about. Don't oh, worry. Oh, of course, of course. It's the first time I've seen something from Death Stranding, and I think most people did where we weren't just like, what the hell did I just watch? Oh, I still said, what the hell did I just watch? It's just that this was probably more compelling then. How about Mads Mikkelsen, by the way? Yeah. He looks freaking awesome. Like, man, I am excited to see him in this game. Uh, in- incredible cast. Oh, of, it, uh, yeah. Of course, you've got uh, Troy Baker, who's in every video game ever. <laughs> um, and... Um, Norman Reedus, Norman is, our Reedus main you know, is, is leading the the pack there. Right? Leia Sadow, who was a Bond girl. Oh, yeah. Actually, she, she'll be in Bond 25 too now that I think about it. She's coming back for that. Could not peg where I knew her from. Yep. Yeah, so that's exciting. That's coming out November 8th. Um, Jeff, uh, where are you on social media so we can talk about Godzilla? And, and I'll be talking about Godzilla. Don't you worry. Oh, yes. And we don't have to wait five years till the next one, right, which is exactly. great. Uh, just a, a solid nine and a half months, really. What, uh, where can we find you there? And then what is going on for you at the Geekiverse? You can find me on Twitter at Jeffrey Povs and on Instagram, Jeff Pavlock. I will have the Geekiverse's official written review for Godzilla King of the Monsters coming out tomorrow, which as we're recording this, that's going to end up being Friday, March 31st. Um, also, if May. you want... <laughs> Wow, that's bad. I'm sorry. I just got Godzilla Usually on my mind. Usually it's, it's me. Yeah, you're right. right. May 31st. Friday, May 31st. I apologize. Otherwise, if you need a primer on some good suggestions for Godzilla movies to watch, um, whether you've now seen King of the Monsters and you like the Godzilla uh, property or you want to know a little bit more about Godzilla before going into this, um, I have an uh, article that lists the 10 Godzilla movies that best represent the many different sides and themes of Godzilla throughout the years. So some suggestions if you want some viewing of Godzilla before you see this or now that you've seen it and you enjoyed it. It's a can't-miss article, definitely. It'll be uh, one that we keep circling back to uh, throughout the years here. 
Uh, on Twitter, I am at Josiah D. Leroy. You can uh, find me talking about uh, Buffalo Sabres hockey way too much, as well as a lot, a lot of video game talk and sprinkle in a little Star Wars and Marvel. That's basically everything in a nutshell there for me. Um, I uh, We just recorded a podcast. Uh, if you're interested in video games, Geeks Got Game, that goes every two weeks on Wednesday. Uh, we recorded an episode sponsored by Dave and Adams at Dave and Adams with uh, a new friend of ours. It's awesome to say, uh, Jeremy White of WGR 550. Uh, so he he has been, we Pav and I have kind of grown up listening to, to Jer on uh, the morning show, Howard and Jeremy. So we've been uh, kind of lifelong fans here. To be able to meet him was cool enough, but let alone have him come and podcast with us. Uh, he's a much bigger gamer than I anticipated. He said he was a gamer, but I didn't know to what degree. But I think he games more than I do, man. Guy like, knows his stuff. He does know his stuff. So that was exciting. Love to have him back in the future. Uh, be remiss also, uh, if we didn't mention 26 shirts through this Sunday. You can go to 26shirts.com slash fantastic and purchase a wonderful, wonderful shirt that has Korg's face on it from Thor Ragnarok. Uh, it says the revolution has begun. Proceeds go to 13 Cancer 30, which is a wonderful organization uh, dedicated to helping those in need when it comes to cancer and uh, families of those who have cancer. So, uh, again, that's 26shirts.com. That is available only through this Sunday. Make sure you get there before time runs out. We've got our fifth anniversary uh, this year, and we just released our limited edition fifth anniversary T-shirt, which you can buy very shortly. This will be up in our online store. We're waiting on one thing, folks, and then you will be able to purchase it. Uh, but uh, very excited about that uh, limited edition. Only a hundred of those will ever be made, and then they're gone for good. So get your hands on that uh, while you can. Makes for some great summer wear, or so I've been told. Um, and uh, what? Man, I, I got to start writing stuff down. There was one other thing I wanted to, uh, to plug here. But anyway, uh, for the Geekiverse, you want to go to patreon.com slash the Geekiverse. You can subscribe to us for as little as $1 a month there and unlock exclusive perks and rewards per level uh, that you subscribe to. Uh, that being said, if it's something you can't do, not a problem. We would still very much appreciate it if you would share it with a friend. Uh, because of Patreon, we are able to do one very, very important thing, Pavlok. What is that? Keep those lights on. We need them on. Sometimes they flicker, but then sometimes they're strong. And that is because of your support. So we would really, really appreciate that. If you want to get in the conversation with us at the Geekiverse, go to facebook.com slash the Geekiverse. Leave a comment on our wall there or get into our community discussions. You'll be able to uh, read the review uh, for Godzilla King of the Monsters as soon as you hear this podcast uh, on Friday, May 31st. May. May. May, <laughs> Sony Square. For <laughs> Mr. Jeff Pavlock, I'm Josiah Leroy. Thank you so much for spending the last 45 minutes with us. We'll catch you soon. Relationship with marriage or 
you'll be better on your own, but you should know oh, 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 that you guys said hello. And now I'm skipping like a broken racket, but you're tripping, tripping over your words. Are you listening? You should know. All for you. Push me away because you feel like you'll be better on your own. But you should know oh, 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 that you'll die sad alone. And I'm skipping like a broken racket, but you're tripping, tripping over your words. Are you listening? Do you should know? You guys 